What if I told you that the answer to some of your most pressing questions as a marketer or leader is a really good story? My name is Kelly Parker, and after spending over a decade bringing stories to life as a speaker, writer, and corporate marketer, I'm here to show you the easy way to create your own stories that connect, break through the clutter, and bring in cold, hard cash. Right here on Business Storytelling Made Easy. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for joining me today. Today's episode 59 of Business Storytelling Made Easy. And today I want to talk about selling with storytelling. And to have this conversation, I am welcoming one of my favorite people to the show, Cheryl Parks. I had the pleasure of meeting Cheryl through Liz J. Simpson's program, and I'm so glad that I did because Cheryl is just, listen, she is like a light in this world. And every time I leave her presence, I'm like that much more inspired. So I'm so excited to share her with you guys today. If you don't know who Cheryl Parks is, Cheryl Parks grew up as the shyest girl in the room and has navigated from being the shyest girl to owning the room. She guides corporate sales leaders and teams to land million dollar deals. Her proven heart centered framework was developed during her 25 years in corporate sales, selling to Fortune 1000 companies like Wells Fargo Bank, Discover Financial, and Kaiser Permanente. In 2019, she launched her coaching, consulting, and speaking business to guide sales leaders to unmute their teams and show up as their excellent best when it counts most. Now known as the sales growth coach, she meets sales leaders and teams where they are so that they can show up in their unique voice, understand their buyer's decision-making journey, and generate new business revenue. And Cheryl and I share a love of storytelling. And on this episode, Cheryl's just going to walk us through the power of storytelling to increase your ability to sell. And so if you own a business or, you know, you have a sales function within your, your corporate role, this is for you. Without further ado, here's my chat with Cheryl. Cheryl, how are you? I'm excellent. How are you? I am amazing. And I'm so grateful to share this space with you. You know, it's such a blessing to meet beautiful people. And you really, really are a beautiful person. You know, thank you. You just embody like this strength and I don't think I'm telling you anything you don't already know, but you really embody this strength um, that being in your presence, it feels like it solidifies everybody in your presence. Like you feel like, okay, I'm okay. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. So I just love sharing space with you. And, um, (laughs) you know, you're a sales expert and I'm super impressed by that because you know, when it comes to sales, I'm still learning my way and learning the tips and the tricks of the trade. So I'm super excited to talk with you about storytelling, with that, which I love, and sales, which I'm learning to love. So I think I think this is going to be a great moment. So for those of us listening, let us know who you are and what you do. Yeah. So my name is Cheryl Parks. I am also known affectionately as the sales growth coach. And what I do um, for my day job now is I actually support entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, sales executives, and sales leaders. So they're able to sell in their own unique voice and not sound salesy or scripted and get their client to the desired outcome that they're looking for. So I work with a variety of people. Um, I actually have a passion for team selling. So I go in and I coordinate a cross-functional team 
where they each can use their voice to land um, million dollar deals. That's something that I did in my career. So um, I've carried that along with me as well. Wow, I love that. Well, congratulations. That's amazing. So, you know, when I initially think of sales, I don't necessarily think of storytelling. You know, honestly, my first visual of sales is like someone who's slick talking and on the phone and making it happen and keeps calling and all those sorts of things. So can you level set for us in terms of opening up our eyes to help us see how can storytelling actually play a role in sales? Sure. Yeah. So um, the scenario that you just outlined isn't, I mean, it's not that it was never there. It's just that it's a little different now. And I'll give you a good example. So because I've been in this sales realm for over 25 years, think of it this way. And I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story. Um, so pre the tragedy of 9-11 in 2001, we were able to walk all the way to the gate and say goodbye to grandma on the plane and every the whole family would be at the window. And then after that, that all changed. Sales was the same. There are things that we don't do now that we used to do. And we used to do it because the buyer didn't know what they needed, right? So the buyer didn't realize all the opportunities they had. So fast forward a little bit further, I sold through the downturn of 2008. Um, sorry that these are all kind of uh, not great scenarios to be mentioning, but the downturn of 2008, 2009, um, it became kind of a buyer's team decision, right? Because there were so many things that happened with the financial services uh, sector that companies said, oh, there should be more than one person making the decision, right? So now it became this team decision. So fast forward a little bit further, and now here comes social media and what you would think of as being the review society where everybody comes in and they've got their device and they're like, well, let me just look and see what this person's about. What did this company, what are they about? What are the reviews saying? Who have they helped? All of these things. And now the buyer is much more savvy. So that whole scenario of like, make it happen, get on the phones, you're going to buy, do this. The deal is only until tomorrow at noon. You've got to pay now. All of those things really are dissipating a little bit because a buyer is much more, I say, much more sober, much more savvy and able to find their own solutions. So by the time you talk to a salesperson, if you're going in with that demeanor, there's a really good chance they're already talking to two or three others and you probably are not going to be the one that's picked. <laughs> so that's just kind of a way to travel through time. There was a time when sales was that, but it's not so much that anymore. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I relate to that. So knowing that, how does the ability to tell stories set us apart in our current landscape? So in our current landscape, and I, and I know you already know this, but in the current landscape, stories help you connect with your buyer. So we've all been in a room or a meeting or on a Zoom where your buyer has said, um, you've got two or three people there and someone mentions that they're from the East Coast or the West Coast. And all of a sudden, one of the buyers is like, oh, I'm actually from the West Coast too, apart. So now there's this connection that's happening. I'm from Northern California. Me too. I live in Oakland. Oh, I used to live in Piedmont. All of a sudden, it brings us so much closer together. So there's uh, one, that piece that's the connection piece. And I think that's the strongest piece. But I hate, I, I kind of hate to say it, but it also leans over to the trust piece because now I'm from where you're from. I understand what you understand. I'm a mom too. I'm a single mom too. All of a sudden, we quickly are able to kind of close this big gap that we started with by being six 
boxes on a screen, <laughs> I'm using today's scenario, or just in a meeting. But at the end of the day, we're able to close that scenario and um, really get to know each other rather quickly based on who we actually are through the story. Mm, that's such a good point, because over the screen, it can be hard to feel like you know somebody or what's really going on. It's interesting. This week, I met um, some clients that I had been on Zoom with lots of times. So we, we met in person this week and you get a totally different vibe. So it's cool that telling a story over the Internet helps you kind of venture into that territory. Um, yeah. So it becomes so valuable. So one thing I know about you that we have in common is as youth being very, very shy, and you call yourself, I was the shyest girl in the room. So I, I'm so curious about that. And how has that really shaped your ability to tell stories and um, be effective in sales? Like, what was your journey like to get to this blossomed, you know, beautiful woman that I'm looking at? <laughs> Thank you. It was a journey. That is the word. So um, short story, it's going to sound like it's long, but it's short. So when I was growing up, my parents exposed me to tons of things. I mean, ceramics, horseback riding, sports, music, playing instruments, all the things. My dad was a sales exec at Xerox at the time, which was a big deal. And my mom is in nursing. She's a um, lifelong healthcare professional. And I was doing great in New York, and then my dad decided to become an entrepreneur, and we moved to California, and I shut down. Went into my room for a year, didn't want to talk to anyone. I left all my friends right in the high school area, in the high school era of my life, and I don't know what happened, but I became, I, sh I was shrinking and shrinking, and I became kind of just the observer always. So to get to the point about how it impacted my life in sales, which was a decision, you know, when I made the decision to step up and find my voice, I had become for easily almost a decade, a professional observer. So I spent so much time just listening to people, watching the way they moved, watching what motivated them to make decisions or to say yes, or to say no, looking at facial expressions. I was so quiet. That's, that was my job basically was just understanding. And I started to like hearing people's stories. And I realized that that was what motivates them to make decisions is really their story, not so much, buy this, do this. You need to have this now. So um, fast forward, I made a decision. I stepped my way through mindset challenges and issues and self-limiting beliefs by doing lots and lots and lots of things that I teach people about now. And um, as I went through the entire scenario, you know, I just ended up being the person that I would tell myself, act like the person you want to be. And I stepped into that role for myself and I've become that person. So if you ever, if I give one nugget here, if you want to do something, act like the person that you want to be while you're doing it. And as you act it out as yourself, not someone else, this is all within you, you will grow into that person. Yeah. You know, I love that. We have this saying around here that good story listening comes before good storytelling. And I'm thinking about, you know, how you said I observed, I looked at what people were doing, what motivated them, et cetera. And because you had that intel, it helped you know how to tell the right story or make the right comment or build that connection. And um, I think it's just beautiful to think how we all have different personalities and there's ways to leverage all of them to be effective 
at sales and storytelling, right? You don't have to be the biggest, loudest voice in the room. Sometimes your strength is I know how to sit back, observe, and really see what's going on with you and then meet you there, you know? That, you, that is that is ultimately the secret sauce for me. There, there are lot, Like you said, there are lots of ways to come at it, but the secret sauce for me is to really understand what's going on in the room and understand just who people are, what they're interested in, and then click in. And of course, being um, vulnerable myself and offering up things that I did or, um, you know, mistakes that I've made and, and really just letting them know who I am as well. It's not so much about just, you know, standing and watching. You, you want to make sure you actually get in there and you're, you're part of the connection as well. So that's something I had to teach myself is that you can listen to someone else's story for a very long time. But if you don't inject part of who you are, you're not being true to the relationship. So that is something that sits in my mind. I have to remind myself, like, you need to talk. You need to say, say what, where the connection is or not. <laughs> so wow, That is so good. And it makes me think about just the term sales relationship, that mm-hmm. it should be a relationship where we're both kind of giving. I shouldn't expect you to give and I don't give anything, you know, and by the giving, it creates the connection. So, oh, you're giving me so much good stuff to think about. <laughs> so I know in all your years of experience with sales, I know you have some sales stories, some things that, you know, have worked really well for you. So what would you say is your favorite sales story of all time, whether you won or lost the business? Oh gosh, my favorite sales story of all time was my uh, first million dollar sale as a consultant, which um, was 10 years before I launched my business. But um, it was working with a company that I had left and they were working on a deal with Discover Financial. And I happened to know even back then that team selling was much more highly effective than one person just learning everything and you know kind of spitting it back to the uh, client. So at the end of the day, I had 30 days to get this team together. And there, it was a cross-functional team, CFO, uh, CEO, operations manager, customer service manager, et cetera. And I said on the first day we met, everyone jump in the pool, just get up, introduce yourself, tell what you do and how you can help Discover Financial get to their goal. And Kelly, I kid you not, if you know the movie, The Bad News Bears, that it was their first practice. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is not going to work. So I quickly said, you have to meet them where they are and you have to make this a game. So I was doing kind of gamification way back then. And I, I said, okay, so everybody gets like a lifeline. If you don't know the answer, toss it to someone else. Uh, 50-50, right? Okay, if you don't know the answer, it's 50-50. Pick one or the other and go with it and then support what you're saying. So I was teaching them how to sell without talking to them about the components of sales. And I also did a campaign within that company that was Be Your Excellent Best on that day, not the day before, not the day after, but on the day the client was coming in. And to finish the story, that particular opportunity we won. And I ended up at the beginning of the front of the room. And by the end of the meeting, I was sitting somewhere in the back. There had to have been 14 or 15 people, so six or seven from Discover, six or seven from the company. And we sold that business on videography, which was, we didn't have anything set up, but we had done a video that showed what it would look like. And we taped off the floor to show them where their program would live. And we, you know, uh, got together during the lunch and, you know, CFO sat with CFO and all of the things. 
and it worked and it landed. And that was a, a deal where they were actually distributing the gift card for Discover Financial. So if you have a Discover card, you know you can use your points to either get gift cards or to donate. They were actually distributing live gift cards for the clients in the millions. So it was good. That was my that's my favorite win. It ought to be your favorite win. It it it's my favorite win listening to it when you said your first million dollar sale. I mean, I'm here for the the million and I'm here for the first of many. <laughs> I love everything about that. <laughs> so yes. when you think about like based on the objectives of marketing versus sales. You know, how deep do you go with your storytelling when it comes to sales? So, you know, I was thinking about this question this morning. And for me, you have to read your audience. Like, I can tell you, I have been in a room with a manager, and this was in my early days of selling where they were, I don't know, 12 or 15 salespeople. And I will never forget this manager talking to us about swimming with the dolphins. And Kelly, I mean to tell you, I think that story went on for an hour and 15 minutes where there was no interaction. He did not ask anyone a question. I, to this moment, don't know what the point of the story was. All I know is we sat there like deer in headlights thinking I have so much work to do and he's still talking. And and as they say in the South, bless his heart, I, I don't know. But I remember the story was about swimming with the, with the dolphins. I don't know what it, I don't know what the point was. So you need to read the room. You, you can go super deep in storytelling to support what you're doing, to support your business, and to support um, the company you're selling for. But if you notice that maybe the person is more focused on data or more focused on you know other things, you have to pivot. You you need to pay attention and see if people are actually connecting into your story. That's the purpose of the story: is the connection. It's not just to tell your story. Yeah, for sure. You make such a good point. I um, have presented before an audience just recently, and they were very fact-based, scientists, engineers, you know, and what I found was you can tell that story, but you better land hard on that fact, on that stat, and it better be clear to everybody what the connection was. You better not be talking about goldfish and carrying on, you know, (laughs) without really landing hard. So that makes such a big difference. Yeah. Know your audience 100%. That's what marketers do so well, right? When it works, it's like they, they get the emotional connection with their audience through the story. So if you aren't paying attention, like that's another nugget, like just be sure you're watching. You can do it quickly on a Zoom screen. You can do it quickly in a room. If people are arms crossed and checking watches and looking at notes and on their phones, you're not, they're not connected to your story. Oh, that's the truth. Yeah. Knowing how to, if you see that, wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it up, (laughs) wrap it up. (laughs) And it's okay to pause also and say, you know, I just want to be sure, are we all on the same page and be kind of interject that human thing and say, and somebody will inevitably say, you know, we just wanted to get to X, Y, (laughs) Z. And then you can go to where they're actually interested in going. So. So in your experience, would you say there are certain times or places where stories work well versus certain times and spaces where they don't work so well? Um, I, you know, candidly, I think you can test. I think it's, a, it's testing and measuring, right? So I think in the beginning, sometimes, again, if you have the right audience, telling a story will 
not only speed up the connection, but it will make it stronger. And I think, but then I think in other areas, you know, if you, if you, you know, when you've met someone for the first time, you can't just jump in and start telling stories unless you understand that they are kind of um, enamored or they're interested in hearing more about it, right? About you, about it, about the company. Um, I think that during the proposal phase, there are people that want to get down to it. Like, let's get to the, the nitty gritty of why you're here. Um, I typically will try to use a story to give someone analogies. You know, I use short stories to, to provide analogies of things. Like, um, and to also provide, like, a lot of my clients look at it this way. I had someone tell me ABC. And so if you're thinking that, right, that is a part of a story. If you're thinking that, I can let you know that we've done it this way or that way, right? So just to be really general about it, you can also add little short stories, like short film, um, like short video. You can add short stories in to make the connections. But they're connectors, and so they should be looked at that, looked at it that way and um, respected on that level, too. <laughs> oh, that's good. It makes me think about, you know, the power of creating a, or explaining a testimonial as a story and kind of really playing up the different details. So at the same time, it's a story which is kind of interesting, but it's also helping to establish your credibility. Like, oh, wait a minute. Now they've done X, Y, Z before and it went well, you know, so it's it's serving all these different purposes. Yeah. So you mentioned before that you're able to help people with their confidence and, um, you know, kind of get their mindset together. So you know, of course, you know a ton about that. But if you had to give one tip to the people, because I believe mm-hmm. it takes probably a good amount of confidence to tell good stories and to sell, you know. Yes. So, you know, where could we start or kind of think about to bolster confidence? I will have to say that um, when I made the decision to change the way I was showing up for myself and for my family, it is because I realized that what I say to myself matters what I say to myself matters. And it seems like such a small thing, but I've seen different numbers around the number of thoughts we have per hour per day. It varies. I've heard, you know, 80,000, I've heard 40,000, I've heard 6,000, whatever it is. If it's 6,000, that's a lot of thinking, a lot of chatter in your head, a lot of us telling ourselves, this will work, this won't work. Should I do it this way? And what you say to yourself matters. So if I gave any tip to anyone, and this was a large part of how I was going to set my way into showing up for myself, it literally is to craft your messaging to yourself. So we work on content to put out for other people. What is the content playing in your head, (laughs) right? You can put um, affirmations on your device and listen to it, just like you listen to a playlist. Maybe it's 10 or 15 affirmations in the morning, you can put your thoughts, you can tell yourself how phenomenal you are, get yourself hyped up, be your own cheerleader, and literally let that play in your head. Because a lot of times when we don't have the confidence, it's because the whole self-limiting belief and the doubts, and I'm not sure, all of those things are coming up. So you want to just reverse that, and you want to be disciplined about a voice in your own head. Yeah, create content for yourself. See how it works. I love that. I saw you posted that the other day about content for yourself. I was like, oh, that's heavy. That is, that's a good one right there. <laughs> so thank you. That hit me hard. <laughs> Girl, this has been amazing. Let us know where we can find you online and where folks can follow you and learn more about your services. Yeah, excellent. Thank you so much. And I've really enjoyed our conversation. So um, 
My website is www.thesalesgrowthcoach.com. And that's the easiest way to find me if you want to book a call or just learn a little bit more or subscribe to learn about anything that we have coming up. Um, I'm pretty much on every social channel. I would say heavily Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn um, in that area. And you can find me as the sales growth coach. Um, I'm also dabbling a little bit in TikTok as well. (laughs) And I'm on Clubhouse periodically. So there's so much out here. It's just a matter of weighing out where you show up and uh, where your audience is, right? Because that's the key, uh, like understanding where your audience is. And most of the people that gravitate toward me are people that either have had some type of confidence issue and or they are stepping into sales, sales leadership or uh, business ownership, or they're already there and they're trying to go to the next level. So those are the, the typically the, the people that I work with most. There you have it. Guys, if you fall in any of those buckets, you need to be talking to Cheryl. Because she would be together. She gets me together uh, on a consistent basis. And I appreciate it. Yes. yes. <laughs> right. And you do it well. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sarah. This is great. Thank you so much, too, Kelly. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing you out there. Thanks so much for listening to Business Storytelling Made Easy. If you found this content valuable, make sure you share it with a friend or colleague. And as always, don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Bye.